listen. Just listen. I'm Amanda Delheimer, and you're listening to the Second Story Podcast. Second Story is a hybrid performance series of stories, wine, and music, a collaboration amongst writers, actors, musicians, and others to create good stories and good times. The stories are written by the performers themselves, sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, always thought-provoking. And now, Second Story company member Byron Flitch. as a blind date, Byron. Think of it as the possibility of seeing if he's the man of your dreams. My straight friend Ryan says this to me one Saturday night while sitting on a humming dryer in my basement laundry room. It was Saturday night, and he had come over to mock how pathetic I was for doing laundry on my Saturday nights. I don't do blind dates. I, the ones I could see, those are scary enough. I sat back while folding my socks with my back towards him. I'd been single for two years after a failed four-year relationship, and truth be told, I didn't like being alone. So I had taken the time to get out there and had my fair share of scary, horrific dates. You don't believe me, do you? You don't believe me, just picture this. First, there was asshole Adam who asked me out to a concert while in line at Whole Foods. I show up to the concert and he introduces me to Max, his boyfriend. (laughs) Then he asks if I'm into threesomes. Worse yet, Max, his boyfriend, didn't know that Adam was into threesomes. (laughs) Then there was stoned Tom, Cassie, Jeff, stealing Steve, and my personal favorite, creepy Chris, who asked if he could just, you know, put his finger in my belly button and then smell it. No, no, I'll I'll pass. I respond to Ryan. Besides, I kind of just like spending my nights with you. Byron, dude, I'm not going to be here forever. And you keep this up, and you're going to be doing laundry and folding your underwear alone the rest of your life. Good friend. (laughs) The word alone hung in the air like a dryer sheet. Fine, just tell him to call me. Two nights later, I sat at the bar in the restaurant wearing uh, my typical date clothes, you know, darker, tighter jeans and a fitted sweater. I'd never been to the place, but it seemed a little more like a a straighter crowd, which was totally refreshing. I'm not a gay bar only kind of guy. It was one of the spots where there was sports playing on the high-def televisions and guys hung out in groups and girls stood in corners trying to get their attention. Matthew, the blind date, had texted me to meet him there for dinner. And apparently Ryan had showed him a picture of me, so he was going to know who I was, but I had no clue who this dude was going to be. So I nervously watched the door at every pole. And it made this sound when it was pushed open. Every time I heard the my stomach dropped. I turned and see a, a guy hoping to get that, hey, do I recognize you look? I was nervous. Cute guy, baseball cap, smiling past me and meet with his friends. <laughs> Girl wearing high heels, barely able to walk in them. <laughs> A tall guy with perfectly styled hair, 
wearing dark denim, a button-up shirt, and a leather jacket that snuggled against his bull-like shoulders. He did a glance around the room. He looked back and forth, and then we made eye contact, and he smiled, tilted his head, and mouthed, Byron? With his amazingly arched lips. I nod, almost hypnotized. He had been one of the best looking guys to walk into the place, and he was there for me. That, what am I getting myself into feeling? Completely dissipated. He was there for me. I sat straight up in my bar stool while he pushed through that busy crowd. This could be good, I said to myself. As he walked towards me, I could see how chiseled his face was. He hovered slightly above me while I remained seated in my stool. Hi, I'm Byron. I say, putting my hand out for a shake. He slowly reaches his towards mine, smiles this perfect row of teeth, parts his lips, and says, Hey! I swear it echoed throughout the entire bar. A few guys looked in our direction. I nearly fell off of my stool. I'm Matthew. So super jazzed to finally meet you. He slipped off his leathered coat and pulled a stool next to mine. Gets the bartender's attention. I'll have a fuzzy navel, please. Then he looked at me and said, are you ready to get something to eat? I'm famished. I chugged my beer and sighed while we head toward the hostess. So, I want to know, like, everything about you. Matthew says while clasping his hands together and tilting his head at the table. We had just ordered an appetizer, and I was on my third beer, downing them to numb the night. I could tell Matthew wanted this night to last a lot longer than I did. Um, I'm a writer. Oh, a writer? Taboo! Matthew screams and claps. It seemed the more he talked, the gayer he got. <laughs> Tables around us were starting to watch. A group of guys laughed, and I swear it was because Matthew sounded like Oprah mixed with a 14-year-old valley girl. <laughs> yeah, so what do you do? Oh, well, Ryan didn't tell you. I'm an actor. Of course, I mutter. Well, actually, I'm in musical theater. Of course. Well, actually, I'm in the musical Wicked. Do you know it? I nod. <laughs> I'm sort of surprised. I mean, I started to piece together what Ryan had told me about Matthew, that he was a great singer. But he also told me that Matthew didn't like people knowing what he did for a living because he wanted people to know who he was and not like him for what he did. I was intrigued. <laughs> Because when Ryan said this, I thought that meant brain surgeon. <laughs> Not playing the backup role of the male lead in Wicked. My fault. I just, I just love to sing. Love, love, love. You know why? I shake my head. And then it happened. Right there. At the table, he began to belt out. There's no business like show business. While he jazzed his hands and he shuffled his shoulders, 
He made complete eye contact with me the entire time. My eyes and mouth were wide like zeros. It was a one-man show at our table and everyone was staring. But Matthew kept going. He even stood up and showed me a little bit of his choreography. Like this, Byron. One, two, kick. Three, four, dip. I slumped in my chair in utter awe while biting my lips. This is not happening. What seemed like the longest minute ever was when Matthew finally finished his song. He sipped his fuzzy navel, smiling as if he was waiting for applause. Our order of mozzarella sticks arrived, and the waitress made eye contact with me, and, and she just screamed judgment in her eyes. She and the entire restaurant had seemed to be ogling my date's performance. Uh, that was lovely, I said politely, watching him divvy up the fried rectangles. Well, I don't know, I guess I'm just that kind of guy. I just like to burst out into song whenever it feels right. See, here's the deal. I'm not a burst into song kind of guy or gay. Actually, lately, I wasn't really sure what kind of gay I was. I mean, I've never seen myself as fooling people by being straight, but I had been more attracted to straight acting guys. Besides, Matthew was totally making me feel uncomfortable, especially in this straight place. It suddenly made me realize how uncomfortable I was with gayness and with dating. I was fortunate enough to hear Matthew's entire portfolio of favorite Broadway numbers throughout the evening. <laughs> While waiting for our entrees, he told me how he had made so many friends in the business and then bursted out into memories. For this song, he stood up and did three pirouettes in a row <laughs> while singing. Guys in the bar shook their heads, girls clapped. I gripped my thigh in awe. Finally, the waitress arrives with our tab and I was proud to have not walked out on this date. Dinner was done and I was ready for my exit when we were suddenly interrupted by an announcement in the bar. All right, all you wannabe idols, karaoke starts in 10 minutes. I know. Come get your song choices. Now I know one of you's been singing all night. How about you do it on stage? <laughs> of course, the voice was talking about my date, Matthew. Oh, oh my God. Matthew squealed and clapped when he heard the news. I love, love, love karaoke. I had my back to the karaoke stage, but instantly recognized the voice coming from the microphone. It was Matthew's. This song is dedicated to my adorable date, Byron. He was already on stage, beginning to belt out a song from Funny Girl. I watched as the room looked at me, and then back at him. He kicked, he sashayed. It was the gayest thing I'd ever seen. It was the gayest thing anyone in that room had ever seen. Matthew performed at least four songs that, that hour. He was the only guy in the room singing musicals, too. And between the uh, journeys Don't Stop Believing and Michael Jackson songs, there was sprinkled little gay confetti of Matthew <laughs> and his Broadway set list. I sat there with empty beer glasses surrounding me and in my head, I had my head in my hand with a bright red face. Come on. I think it's your turn to get up. Come on. 
Matthew says after his last song from the musical Oklahoma. No, no, I, I, I don't want to sing. You're doing fine for the both of us. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. He squealed like a girl and then pinched my cheek. You can do it. I instantly snapped. I don't want to sing. I don't want to hear you sing. I don't even know why I'm still here. This is horrible, horrible. Day after day, I get stuck with people like you, people I don't even like just because I don't want to be alone. I'm a good guy. I'm a great catch. I deserve something amazing. I don't deserve to be here. My chest heaved. I had officially taken two years of dating frustration out on Matthew. He sat facing his lap. Then he looked at me, and in the quietest tone I'd heard come out of him all night, he said, did you ever think that you were the crappy date? Just because you're insecure and unhappy doesn't mean you have to bring the rest of us down. You spent the entire night judging me. I could see it. You have expressions all over your face. But you know what? At least I'm proud of who I am. And I know that if this date sucked, I was okay with going home alone and being alone. And I don't need to reassure myself by who I'm with. I'm happy with myself, and I don't try to fake it. We sat in silence for like a solid five minutes, and I was frozen. In the background, this girl tried to sing her version of a Britney Spears song. It sounded like a cat trying to get out of a metal garbage can. But you know, what makes me feel better? Matthew said, breaking the awkward moment. I look up. He was smiling. For the first time, I looked past his boisterous mannerisms and his over-the-top voice and saw a really good guy and quite possibly the best date I'd ever been on. I nod. A song? <laughs> yes! <laughs> he ran off to grab the songbook. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna sing. I don't, I don't like to sing in front of. Well, you just gave me the worst date of my life. This is the least that you could do. <laughs> he pushes the book towards me. I'm kind of sorry about before I... Shh. Just sing, he says, putting his finger to my lip. I guess I could sing a Lenny Kravitz song or something. No, I want you to sing something you've never sing before, ever. Something like a, a musical. I don't, I don't do musicals. Well, maybe it's time you see the light, he says, paging through the book. I know the perfect song for you, this one. He points to the title in black ink on the page, this this is your song. He sits and starts to clap. You know it, right? Well, yeah, but I, I can't sing that. I mean, I, I don't want to sing that. You're going to do it. You owe me this. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't sing that. I, I yell towards him, and he's already at the bar trying to order the song for me. Our next singer is Byron. Byron, come on up. The voice over the microphone bellows. I couldn't believe I had gotten talked into this, let alone this song. But, and this is going to sound a little strange, when I started to hear the first few notes come out, I kind of got what Matthew loved about singing. And I am telling you, <laughs> I'm not going 
you're the best man I've ever known. There's no way I could ever go. I could see Matthew in the crowd jumping up and down and clapping like a, a proud stage mom. We never saw each other again. And you, and you, and you, you're gonna love me. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Woo! Thank you. That was Byron Flitch. If his story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. Please join us for our ongoing series at Webster's Wine Bar and the Morseland, or for one of our upcoming special events. This month, you can join us for a very special late-night performance at Straw Dog Theater on Friday, May 28th. Second Story Podcast is brought to you by Megan Steelstra, Shannon Sullivan, Miles Pulaski, Mikhail Fixel, Eric Engelson, and Nick Kawahara. I am Artistic Director Amanda Dahlheimer. Serendipity is funded in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the Illinois Arts Council Estate Agency, the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, City Arts Grants, the Chicago Community Foundation, a part of the Chicago Community Trust, the Arts Work Fund, and listeners just like you. To find out more about Second Story, the performances, and our performers, or to make a donation, please visit us at www.secondstory.com. Thank you.